Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen, here with Yuona June Thiessen and Louis D'Souza. Today is Monday, March the 30th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time. And wherever you are in the world, thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And we're going to get this week off to a really, really positive start. Uh, I mean, everybody is uh, in, in LOA circles is doing a very good job of trying to stay into that positive zone. And we want to kind of help that along and help you feel good. Um, it, it's a topic that I think is kind of behind all of the other topics, staying well in the midst of a pandemic. But I just realized, actually late last night, we've never actually discussed that directly on the show during this entire time. So maybe we should actually talk about what it takes to stay well. Because, right, I, I mean, that's pretty important, I think. So... First of all, I want to say hello to everybody. Yona, how you doing? I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, you got everything set up. You're you're ready to go. You're ready to rock. Yes, I. You know, um, my husband is here today, so he kind of helps me get everything <laughs> set up. Whenever he's here, it, it just everything goes so smoothly. <laughs> it's great to have an IT guy on on yes, site. It always it helps. Is. <laughs> yes, definitely. And of course, Louis is an IT guy, so he's always on site. How you doing uh, over there, Louis? How's things in the UK? Well, great, thanks. Um, yeah, a um, lo- lot to talk about, but I just wanted to say hello, Yona, Walt, and all the listeners. Yeah, hello. Absolutely. So let's get right to it, because there is a lot to talk about. And uh, Louie, I think I'll go to you first, because you have, I don't know, the most to talk about. So <laughs> tell us, how do we stay well? Well, how do I stay well? There's um, a long topic. So... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I do now is really simple and very easy. That's not the long topic. The long topic is how I got there. And ah. uh, being a sick kid and, you know, having asthma from a young age, taking loads of antibiotics most of my childhood, getting every sickness that ever came around mm. to being fitter and healthier <clears throat> than I've ever been in my entire life at the age of 54 or whatever I am. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I never remember it was 53 or 54, so I made it 54. I used to count anniversaries after my 29th, and I kind of lost count of that, too. So I understand, believe me. So so it's been a journey, you know. I've been always fascinated with the body, really fascinated, you know. When I was telling people what I've done with the body, um, people want to run away, you know. Um, (laughs) I've given myself enemas, and I've gone and shat in the bushes and checked out my poo on a daily basis to understand it and <laughs> so on and so forth. Um, so, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And um, then I studied herbs and nutrition and, and understood, then I started studying um, the combination of proteins and carbohydrates and what a balanced nutrition actually is. And then I started understanding about yoga and breathing and all the rest of it. So it's been an incredible journey to get to where I am today to feel confident to deal with almost anything that comes my way <clears throat> and to enjoy dealing with it. So, you know, it, it's a long discussion. <laughs> well, it's a good start. You got discussion. us going. That's, I mean, you did your job <laughs> yeah. in that sense, right? So that's good. So we'll go over to the, uh, the statistician, uh, <laughs> and the, uh, neurophysical, uh, expert as well so yeah tell us, tell us the, about uh tell us about the, the other side of that story the statistician slash neuroscientist <laughs> and all the way above <laughs> which is you know it's so interesting that um 
this pandemic is uh, allowing me to wear both hats, you know, as far as, um, you know, all the models that are being generated for the disease. Well, well you know, what, and, and what then, we figured is then, you, you got your degree and you were also working on the other one. We might as well put you to work right away. So yes, that's the way we're exactly. looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely job security, unfortunately. <laughs> But um, yeah, like like Louis, I've always been interested in health, you know, n not just um, academically, but from a personal standpoint. And so I've always been looking at what's going on as far as the, the newest things, state of the art and, and experimenting on myself and on my family, unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, just kind of, you know, collecting um, data and, and seeing what works. And so uh, it has uh, put me in a good place right now so that it, with this pandemic, I'm able to um, help draw on some of the things that I've been learning and, and that I've incorporated into my life such that now some of them are very much habitual, you know, of course, like exercising regularly and making sure that uh, I'm eating uh, a healthy diet and getting the sleep that uh, that is so important, to, you know, for both physical and mental health. And, um, you know, also like, you know, like we discussed last week about gratitude and it, it I was so inspired by my own talk. That, well, good for you. I, That's great. That I, I know that I really, I know I actually embarked on a, a practice of gratitude again. You know, Very I'm good. I've done this a few times in my life and it hasn't stopped, but I've, I've decided over the last week to, so both my husband and I, we, we gotten gratitude journals. And so now every morning we write, you know, a few things that we're grateful for to start the day. And that has been just a tremendous, um, you know, uplift in our spirits and, and in our mood and our attitude. And it has helped a whole lot. So, yeah, so those are just some of the things that, um, you know, and, and even now I'm kind of learning on social media, um, paying attention to what other people are doing to help them as they mm -hmm. deal with this. And that, that's been very enlightening as well. So, yeah, that's yeah, one that, of the good things that's coming out of all of this. It is. I mean, the fact is we've got this social media, we got this interconnectivity, um, through the, the major social media sites and other forms as well, different apps and so forth. And mm -hmm. we're using it. We're using it to share information. I mean, now yeah. some people are sharing information to terrorize each other, but most right. of us in the LOA circles are sharing information mm -hmm. to help each other. To help, and, yeah, and that's definitely. pretty cool. I mean, that mm -hmm. that's really using it the best way you could possibly use it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm really loving my LOA group I created some time ago, and everybody's been so supportive. It's unbelievable. People have been making um, audio meditations and putting them up. Mm -hmm. So that other people can listen to them, you know, current, mm -hmm. uh, relevant, etc. Um, you know, it's just it's just brilliant how you know some people have said I've got a problem. My mom's in on a ventilator, you know, and you know the support that the individual was getting from everybody was um, amazing. Really. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and, and every time somebody world... posts something. <clears throat> Sorry, the every time somebody is... posts something, it, it really re reiterates just how much support there is and how willing people are to support, probably because we're all kind of going through it at the same time, so we're all very focused on it. Yes. But, boy, this LOA circle has really focused on it in a very positive way. So I, mm -hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I did mean to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember nope. what your train of thought was before I interrupted you? 
Yeah. Uh, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth. That's so cool. Oh, I <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my yeah, enthusiasm. What, you know, last week Louis said something about um, um, uh, sharing an energy. What was it, Louis? Do you remember the the last admonition you gave us about sharing? Uh, love energy or energy, positive energy. I don't know, something about energy. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, and I thought that that was so true, just like, you know, everybody's so worried about this um, virus, this physical virus and the possibility of being infected by it. You know, there's another virus that's going on. Of course, there's the fear virus that's, you know, uh, affecting a lot of people, but there's also the vi- the virus uh, of love and hope and, and you know, um, just like Walt said, the realizing that we're all in this together and that helps a lot because I know a lot of people are dealing with a lot of anxiety as we talked about and, and mm-hmm. it can be very anxiety producing when you see people around you being so afraid and, and then, you know, the talking about the numbers and, and all the different things. And so the minute you think you might be having a symptom that can be very scary for for some people and especially for people who are who prior to this were dealing with anxiety issues that something like this does not help at all but fortunately because of social media um people are able to channel into um uh, uh you know as louis mentioned things that can help i know for example my sister who's a nurse and she um you know she was sharing on you know my the, all my sisters, we are part of a, um, a WhatsApp ch- chat group, and she was saying how she was getting chest pains because she's going to go back out to work next week, and apparently, supposedly, the ward that she works on is going to be converted to the coronavirus ward. Oh, lovely. So really um, anxious about that. Yeah. But we were all able to, you know, reassure her that, you know, you know, first of all, you know, it's it's – it's what it is, but it's not a death sentence getting the, the, the virus. Right. And um, there are things that you can do to take charge. But I shared with her this, you know, I quickly Googled um, breathing for anxiety on YouTube. And I got a number of different um, videos. And I shared with her one of those um, uh, videos. And, I, and she started doing it. And in about five minutes, she texted me saying, oh, this is really helping you know, because she was having good. This, the chest pains. And so she just started, you know, breathing slowly, doing, I think it's box breathing or one of those where you um, breathe in uh, twice or half as long as you breathe out kind of thing and just, you know, taking that, doing some of those things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mindful breathing, I guess I might call it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And That's it helped good. her a lot. Yeah. There's a great uh, breath technique, which I've mentioned a few times on the show, but it's called the four, seven, eight. Mm-hmm. You breathe in for four counts, you mm-hmm. hold for seven, and you breathe out for eight. Yeah. Um, and it's extremely powerful. And if you just go into YouTube, anybody can go on YouTube, just type the word four, seven, eight. Well, not the word, the letters. <laughs> and, um, you'll come up with two main ones. One is an animated one, and one is by a doctor. Um, and both of them are very, very interesting um, to watch and use and very, very effective. Do not yeah. underestimate the 478. It's very, very No, powerful. I have tried it. And let me tell you, it, it, it relaxes you. And it, I, I, I've tried it and fallen asleep. So I know it definitely is very, very um, calming. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. 
That's, yeah, because we, we know how much the breath is connected to the heart rate as well as to the brain function. So it actually does make a difference. Interesting thing, too. Uh, I saw an article uh, that appeared in the Los Angeles Times. They were making uh, the argument that they want to change the phrase. We call it social distancing. They want to call it physical distancing. Mm-hmm. And their point was we actually want to be socially connected. Yes. And I thought that was a great point because there's actually a lot of evidence that suggests that people who are socially connected um, not only have happier attitudes and happier lives, but they're more successful in life. And mm-hmm. I would not be at all surprised if the same thing applies to health. I would. I haven't seen any actual data. Maybe you have, you want to, maybe you know stuff like this, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if people who are more socially connected probably would have fewer illness. And when they, when they do have illnesses, they are less severe and they're able to get over them quicker, I would think. Yes, actually, um, it's funny you should say that. Uh, so there's a big study that's being conducted by Harvard University. In fact, I think it's complete. It's like a multi-year, thousands of people study, and they were trying to come up with all the factors that are involved in, in what makes people healthy in terms of you know living healthy, um, disease-free life. And they have found that um, social connectedness is the most important factor, more really? than anything else. Yes. And, in, and along with that, they found that loneliness is actually the greater risk of disease. And they are now calling loneliness the new um, nicotine. Really? Yes, in terms of how detrimental it is to your health. Um, because they're realizing that there are people who have all these other diseases, but if they are connected socially, it tends to somehow um, alleviate all the other, you know, minimize the effect of all the others. So social connectedness is really very important. And also, um, you know, I've been doing that, uh, the Science of Wellness um, course that you mentioned that's online from Coursera through, um, from Yale through Coursera. And one of the um, uh, videos that they recommended was one by uh, Martin Siegelman. And he is like the father of uh, positive psychology. Right. And so he was talking in his research about, um, you know, uh, you know, how psychology has shifted from their focus on all the, the mental illness and all the negative stuff to now this area of, oh, let's find out about what makes people happy and and so what he has found out in his research is that the happiest people are the ones who are more socially connected. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that he doesn't know, he, he's not claiming that, um, he, as, as we say in, in statistics, correlation is not causation. So he doesn't right. know if that the, their socialness, social, you know, um, causes them to be happier or because they're happier, they are more socially connected, but definitely there is that, um, that connection. So, yeah. So, so being connected is extremely important. And fortunately in at this time, when we are physically separated, we're still able to be um, connected to each other through other means, you know, so that's important. Yeah. There's an interesting side note about uh, Dr. Seligman is that before he pioneered the positive psychology movement, he put out one of the most depressing books ever written in the history (laughs) of psychology. It was a book called Helplessness. 
And if you oh, ever right. want to just go into like deep depression, read that book. Yes, it will yes, just yes, absolutely yes. wipe it. You'll be you know, in the closet sucking <laughs> your thumb by the time you're done with it. So when yeah. I heard he had actually become the father of the positive psychology movement, I said, whoa, what is this guy, like bipolar or something? Yeah. <laughs> he was just this huge shift in his focus. It was yes, really something. Yes. And, and uh, we're all glad that he shifted. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> So, Louie, let's go back to uh, some of your experience, because like you were saying, you've had quite the lifetime of dealing with uh, various kinds of illnesses and conditions and learning to overcome them and get to the point where essentially through uh, your various practices, you were able to make yourself completely healthy. I mean, somebody looking at you on, on the video as we're doing this would have a hard time believing that you're 53 or 54 or something around there. 45. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have the look of like a 35-year-old, so there we you know, go. <laughs> it doesn't really make any difference what, what number is at this point. So talk about a little I bit. I don't know. I'd like 25. Talk about what precisely? Sorry, Gary. Well, just talk about uh, what you've learned along the way that has helped you to make that transition. I mean, you went through a whole lot, mm. but, but what made the difference for you? Well, I've mentioned this again before, but it's always worthwhile mentioning again. Yes, because I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> now, whose fault is it you're not listening to my <laughs> podcast? <laughs> um, so... Well, she, she, she was busy. She was off getting a, a PhD in statistics, so we have to give her a little slack for that. <laughs> uh, maybe this time. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when I was young, I um, stumbled across You Are What You Eat, and it was um, an epiphany for me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was blown away by it, and it was like, wow, you know you eat healthier things and you become healthier and you know, what am I eating and what should I be eating? And I started studying minerals and vitamins and nutrition and all the rest of it. And it was fascinating to me and I got much healthier through all that. And then I had my second far greater epiphany. You are how you breathe. Mm. And uh, no, no, sorry. My second one was you are what you, what and how you drink. And I was fascinated in the whole story about water and the memory of water and, um, you know, starting to put love and appreciation or gratitude on all my water containers and <clears throat> making sure that I get my salt water relationship right. And, you know, it was like amazing. It was such um uh, an incredibly e increase in my understanding. My my next one, which was a much, much greater epiphany, is you are what and how you breathe. And then I started studying the 478, the Kapalbhati, the yoga breathing, the Bhatstrika, and all of that. And that was took me to a level which I was completely surprised about. Mm -hmm. um, took me out of my body. It cleaned my body. Um it brought back vitality to my body. It completely changed everything. And then, of course, I stumbled across Abram Hicks, and I started realizing you are what you think. Mm -hmm. And that is a far greater than all the others. <laughs> and, you're describing uh, an exponential curve here. You realize that. I, I know, and it's interesting that I did it in order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> because when I got to the first three, I used to 
I used to love going up to people and say, um, which one would you die of first? <laughs> would, would you die of lack of nutrition, lack of liquid, or lack of oxygen? And then people would eventually get around to the idea that it's oxygen first, then liquids, and then nutrition. So I'd say to them something like, well, if you get the breathing right, you can pretty much forget about the first one. <laughs> if you get the, the second two right, you can completely forget about the first one almost. Um, and which one I would say to them, you know, which one does society focus on? And they would say nutrition because it is. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I started, you know, I had the epiphany about breathing. I was like so excited. And I went to my dad, oh, dad, you got to breathe properly. He said, I've been breathing. I'm like 60 years old and I'm still breathing. What do you mean I'm breathing wrong? (laughs) (laughs) And I had to acknowledge that point. You know, it's a valid point. (laughs) You know, it's it's different for people to understand there's breathing and breathing, you know, it's. It's, Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, when you have that much experience breathing, to be told that you've been doing it wrong all your life makes you wonder, well, how did <laughs> exactly. I last this long? I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, I learned to phrase it with other people much, much, much <laughs> differently, <slightly> differently <laughs> along the way. So, yeah, it's, it's been a journey. And, of course, the biggest bar none is you are what you think. Because mm-hmm. how you think affects how you breathe. How you think affects how you um, drink, how you think affects how you eat. And there's nothing thought does not affect nothing in your physical universe. Mm -hmm. So thoughts became the priority. And then you started understanding, focusing more on what you want, not what you don't want. So you started studying about, wow, I've been thinking so many things that I've been worried about, you know, what, the whole idea of thinking more positively did for me was it started eliminating all fear and it started giving me my power back. Mm-hmm. I started not, not fearing a black cat or, you know, any superstitiously type thing. Mm-hmm. And we all have our own differently, weirdly superstitiously type thing. All of those vanished because I started realizing I create my reality. None of that. If I believe a ladder is going to cause me harm, it's going to cause me harm. If I believe it's got nothing to do with anything, it's not going to have anything to do with anything. Um, so I started focusing, um, far more on, on what I want and my health increased massively again to, to an unprecedented degree. But what I did for me more than anything was it took away the stress my mind was giving me. And that is the greatest gift I believe it gave me. I don't have that mental stress anymore. I'm not worried about things. I don't, I don't have that angst at the back anymore. I now know that if I'm at, Worried about it. What is it? I put it into a subject. Okay, I'm worried about maybe getting the virus, which I'm not. I actually wouldn't mind it. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but, you you know, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I was healthy? And I'd immediately follow that, that chain of thought and I'd focus on that. And that would alleviate all the other problems straight away. So, yeah. And... um I mentioned a moment ago, and I kind of joked about it, that you look quite a bit younger than your physical age is. Um, was that always the case for you? I mean, it, was there a time, particularly early on in your development, as you as you were learning about food, about drink, about breathing, and ultimately about thought, where your physical age maybe matched your physical look? 
Well, I had a beard um, and I had <laughs> a lot of stress and I had elopucia, which means 50 cent piece of uh, 50 cent size, uh, 50 pence in the UK is about that size. Quite big if you got your, your thumb and forefinger. Of mm. no hair in my head in about six different places, just my mm. hair fell out. Um, <clears throat> and I had bags under my eyes that were quite noticeable. Um, and I had back pain so much that I couldn't bend without literally crying and pain. Um, so at that stage, I probably looked my age. <laughs> Sounds like you may have been older than your age at that point. Um, yeah, but it was a long journey. You know, it, it was not a short journey to get from where I was to where I am now. It's, mm -hmm. it's been a very gentle step-by-step -step following one thing, following another. You know, I'd love to tell everybody, hey, jump into focusing more on what you want than what you don't want. But I, I fully understand from my own journey that you could be on the nutrition bend at the moment. You could be on the the, the water bend, you could or liquid bend, you could be on the, the breathing one, or you could be in it, in all of them mixed up together. Um, you know, you right. could be anywhere. And, you know, what, whatever drives an individual as you get now is, is where you should be. You know, if stats drives you, then great, go and study and work and use them, you know, and if um, psychology works, works for you well, then go for it. So really, you know, I strongly recommend that you, you go where you're, what, what, you know, focus on what you want. So, yeah, I like those shorts, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you saw that. <laughs> hey, we have a light. You need one of these screens. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I do need one of these screens very badly. <laughs> I have this model walking behind me, getting drink and all kinds of stuff. But you, you have the option in, in, in Zoom right now just to turn it on. I so. know. I, I I should ask my model who's been modeling behind me to do that for me. To get a screen for me. Hey, we have a, a question and a comment in uh, the live stream. Josephine has been writing in, and you may know the answer to this, Yona. Uh, you may know it too, but I, I'm going to lean toward Yona knowing it, but we'll see. She says, Joseph Murphy discusses the power of belief when it comes to staying healthy. He healed himself from a skin cancer through the power of prayer and impressing the subconscious mind. So she asks, have you heard of Joseph Murphy? She says he is the, he is in the, uh, the same, like, uh, the, the same group of people as Neville Goddard. He wrote The Power of the Subconscious Mind. So, yes, do you yes, know I've Murphy? heard of him. Yes, and mm -hmm. I've read his book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, um, uh, he was probably one of the first uh, books I read because he's also in more of the Christian kind of, um, ideology. So mm -hmm. he, it's Christianity and a combination of um, positive thinking. And he talks about, yeah, the power of the subconscious mind. And he gives a lot of um, uh, strategies and tools to help you. And I think that's one of the things that was important for me to realize. It was quite a journey on this, uh, as far as the LOA revelation is concerned. Because when I first encountered LOA through um, uh, the, the secret and I learned about positive thinking, and you know how the power of the mind but i also learned as i went along that we have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind and you're you know with the conscious mind we we you know it's easy to think the positive thoughts there but as joseph murphy and others teach you that you also have to be aware of what's happening at the subconscious level which tends to be 
um, of course, more insidious, but even sometimes much more powerful than what we're doing with our conscious mind. So we have to, to, to um, uh, work on both, both the conscious and the subconscious mind in order to um, be able to be in alignment, as it were. <laughs> yeah, the, the concept of conscious and subconscious is, um, is, is actually, believe it or not, it's a source of controversy mm-hmm. in LOA circles. Um, yes. Uh, Louis can probably uh, explain this with more clarity than I can, but my impression is that Abraham, for instance, doesn't really do a whole lot of distinguishing between conscious and subconscious. In fact, they don't really talk about subconscious very much at all. Am I correct about that? They don't really talk about subconscious. Well, I can explain it all to you. Okay, go for it. (laughs) So Abraham Hicks completely says emphatically that there is no such thing as an unconscious mind okay so she used the word unconscious rather than subconscious Mm -hmm. not much difference really and it is explained like this so if you are worried about your subconscious you are worried about something you believe a you didn't program b you don't have control over Okay, so that's generally the definition of subconscious, unconscious, something that just hangs around. You don't really know what it is, and and, and, and it does bad things to you. Am I right or wrong? I don't know. Well, actually, the way I hear it is subconscious is where the programming is. So the subconscious mind is the programmed mind. Yes, the programmed mind. That's what I think. Too. So and, what I – yeah, sorry, carry on. Oh, no, I was just saying that um, – you know, I, I mentioned to Walt yesterday that I'm rereading um, The Biology of Belief by Dr. Bruce Lipton. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main um, uh, premise of his book is that there is uh, this uh, 5% conscious mind where we um, make all these declarations and affirmations as far as positive thinking is concerned. But then there's this programming that is is in our subconscious that is is contrary to that those positive thoughts and and we have and he outlined different methods by which you can get the conscious mind and the subconscious mind to to um, be on the same page kind of thing Mm -hmm. so abram points out that the subconscious mind they perceive that humans have talked about is created or somebody coined the phrase because of old programs that they've programmed themselves with that are active in because of their conscious creation. So they were thinking about what they didn't want again and again. And what it does is it becomes an active vibration in your psyche. But now you've moved on to digging a hole or climbing a hill or fishing or something. So you're now focused on something else, but this active vibration inside you, which you programmed, nobody else, okay, is still running. So it still has an activeness. So Abram says, so the most important thing to understand about what humans call the subconscious or unconscious is that you programmed it, nobody else. All right. And once you understand that, you start understanding that you have control over how to move forward because you originally programmed it and if you've got a glass and it's got a lot of dirty water in it, if you keep on pouring clean water into the glass, eventually that water will get cleaner and cleaner. So as you continually focus on what you want rather than what you don't want, the subconscious 
thoughts, etc., will not have the power they had before because what you want and where your focus is now becomes the dominant vibration and will become amplified by the law of attraction, and that is what will manifest more in your life. Consequently, the subconscious, unconscious, or the old thought patterns which you were focused on what you didn't want, which are sitting in the background, start vanishing, and that is how they put it. It's an interesting way of describing it because I think we could probably, instead of calling it a subconscious mind, we could call it perhaps the old conscious mind or the old, what I was the, old the old vibrational program. Yeah. The, 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 what mm -hmm. I used to be thinking about rather than what I'm thinking about now, which immediately starts giving greater clarity to this vague subconscious unconscious word, which had been banded around. So in many times in the past, Oh yes. <laughs> With many different definitions, I might add <laughs> yeah, so just to make things interesting. Confusing. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I wanted to add that I think it's important, especially what you mentioned yesterday, that when I shared about um, the research on gratitude and how the researchers were able to determine that even the the subjects who said, well, I don't know how to be grateful. I, that's yeah. like, I don't know. And, and what the research showed was that even those who actually even just tried, what, what was having a positive effect on them. And I think in line with that is an, it's important to, um, express the idea that for those of us in the LOA commit co community, right? When we, uh, well, I should say for me, I know I, maybe there are others. When you learn about the idea of positive thinking and you decide, okay, I'm going to, be positive thinking and focus on what I w want. And then, you know, it, it doesn't always manifest into what you want. You, you, you know, it's, it's important to realize it's not because you're not doing it right or something is wrong or it's, it's because there's that there are other issues there. So, so you may have conscious positive thoughts, but programmed. <laughs> not so positive thoughts that are sending out these vibrations that are not at the same level as your conscious thinking. And that's what's co probably um, causing a lot of problems. And, and I know a lot of people tend to get very, um, some people can get discouraged by that and think, mm -hmm. well, you know, this thing doesn't work or whatever, <laughs> you know? And so you have to be aware of the fact that there is this other um, um, vibrational energy that you might be sending out along with your conscious thoughts. And sometimes that can be stronger and more powerful until, as Louis said, you learn to um, overcome that, if, if that's the right word. But as you pour more clean water to dilute the dirty water such that, mm. you know, the, the, the positive thinking becomes the stronger of the, the vibrations. So, Yuana, I like to explain this whole thing with a little bit of a story of my childhood. When I was at school, there was a lady who won the, um, what was it, the, what do they call it, um, orator's challenge, the school's orator challenge for, you know, out of, out, out, of, out of the whole um, area, you know, like the whole province or whatever you call it in America. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... State and um, you know the, everybody was very impressed with her and all the rest of it. And it was about positivity, 
and I sat down and, you know, she was allowed to get up on, on stage and give it to the whole school. Mm-hmm. And she talked about this positivity and I felt sick through the whole thing. It's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. You think everybody can be positive and all the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> you try change into, you know, quickly, you know, and you know, I was just like, you know, phony, holy rubbish this. And I was really pissed off, you know, because mm-hmm. I was always very sensitive to truth and she was just painting. Everything must be positive. Only focus on positive. And I was like, that's not where most of us are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even you. I can hear it in your voice, you know? Um, so I, I came to realize when I hit Abram Hicks and they start saying there's a vibrational scale to depression, to happiness. Mm. Okay. And if you go to revenge, you're one higher up on depression. If you go from mm. rage, you're one higher up on revenge. If you go to frustration, you're one higher up. And then I started realizing that's the piece I was missing in her talk. That's the piece she wasn't amplifying and um, accentuating in the whole whole process is that yes focusing just on what you want doesn't always feel good because you're so far away from what you don't want so you start realizing that you make a focus wheel and you start taking what you don't want outside what you do want inside the focus wheel and you start making a one to twelve on the clock and you start writing words that are slightly better vibration than the last one and then you focus on them and you build up your vibration and then you start understanding how to get from the one place from the subconscious old programming in your mind to the clarity and focus and the ease of focusing on what you want in the present. I like that a lot about their teaching, the fact that they have that emotional guidance scale and that they teach very clearly the importance of, of the, the small steps. I think those small steps are important. Um, I, I've actually have gotten to the point now where, Unless I'm talking to somebody who really doesn't know the topic, I, I'm actually trying to avoid the words positive and negative mm-hmm. because I think they actually kind of convey the wrong meaning, mm-hmm. um, especially considering the fact that one person's positive can be another person's negative and considering the fact that a lot of the time when somebody says positive, what they mean is I want you to behave a certain way mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's the only way I'm going to be happy. And all of a sudden the whole thing is like topsy-turvy on top of itself, you know, mm-hmm. like head down and so forth. Um, so I, I kind of avoid the positive negative labels and I, I like my favorite way to think about stuff is feel is a better feeling thought or a better feeling, um, perception. And also what do I like rather than what's positive? Mm-hmm. Because what I like when I'm, well, I'm actually not depressed anymore, but let's see, how low do I get <laughs> frustrated? I get that. De- I definitely get the frustrated, you know? So, um, when I'm feeling frustrated, what feels better? Well, boredom feels a whole lot better than frustration. <laughs> it really does, <laughs> you know? Yes. So yeah, I like that better. <laughs> definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my way of, um, getting around the whole thing about being diametrically the opposite, you know, got to be way off in that positive zone. Otherwise I'm not making any ground. Cause like you pointed out, you don't have to actually get it right. Just make, you know, even if you're, if you don't feel like you're being grateful, but you're doing your best, you're still gaining ground. You just right. don't really know it, you know? Yeah, because the idea is that at that point, you are not running the old program. You may not be running a new one, but you're definitely not running the old program anymore. And that's the, 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 you know, the path to journey. But I, you know, for me, I, I came to understand it when I realized how, um, how, a whole, what kind of a hole these programs have. And I'll give an example. 
I grew up in the in the tropics, and everybody in the tropics is deathly afraid of snakes. Mm. And there are different kinds of snakes, but you are taught as a child if you see a snake, kill it or mm. run. Mm-hmm. Don't try to figure out what kind of snake it is and if it's a, you know. And don't so negotiate my husband, with it. Don't, don't negotiate with it. <laughs> right. Because there are some very deadly snakes in the tropics. And I remember once with my husband and I, I was out doing something in the garden and there was like this snake. And I was like, honey, there's a snake out. And he came and he said, oh, it's just a garden snake. I'm like, it's a snake. You don't understand. <laughs> Kill it. <laughs> and he was trying to chew it gently so it would run. I was like, no, it's going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to kill the poor creature. But, A great you know, example of programs. <laughs> I know, yes. exactly. Mm. And that's what I mean. So that was a program for me. So even though as a as a scientist and as someone who who understands that there are different species that have different um you know different things uh, associated with them there was that program running and it's just reminded me of sometimes i mean this was one way i was conscious of the program that was running but there are programs that we have running that we're not conscious of and sometimes they're in di- direct um contradiction to some of the conscious programs we're trying to run and so we have to um, learn to 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 be uh, gentle with ourselves as we, you know, practice this um, the idea of, of law of attraction and try to shift our focus more on the things we want, you know, and be, be just be aware of, of some of that that that's happening. And By the way, you, course, it's not just not just people in the tropics. I don't know if you're aware of that, but I mean, uh-huh. like Louise grew up in like northern New England, and she has the exact same fear. Okay, exactly the same way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was brought up with a mountain next to me called Mumba's Corp, uh, Mumba's Head. And uh, the story goes, the guy took 70 dogs up the mountain and uh, none came back. They were all Mm. killed by Mumba's. And uh, we had Mumba's that we didn't see. And, you know, we're driving past them and they they were like up at the window, you know, staring (laughs) in at us. And and when I was hiking, um, I bumped into a, well, the story was there was a, a guy in front of me with his backpack and all the rest of it. I was with my backpack and behind him and the two of us were a little bit ahead of everybody. And um, I uh, saw this cobra rear up with this huge head and stare me in the eyes. And um, without even knowing it, I jumped through the air and bumped the guy in front of me. <laughs> and he was very annoyed with me. And he saw me standing dead still staring at this thing. And the adrenaline had pumped through my nose and was all mm. over the place. And all I could see in all my vision was this huge head of a cobra. My whole, my ability, my sight zoomed in on this whole thing. Mm. I was completely frozen because I knew from all the rules that I was told, stand dead still. still. Mm. <laughs> Move. <laughs> so those are the rules I was told. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm standing there completely frozen. He looks at me, looks where I'm looking, sees the cobra, freezes himself, and we both stand there staring at this cobra until this cobra realized that we were not going to attack it after a long time, and it mm. slithered away. Mm. Both of us still st- stood there completely <laughs> frozen. <laughs> I think we moved for half an hour. 
<laughs> it was like a very, very scary experience for me. That that adrenaline in my nose and the increase in my sight was yeah. and the smell of the adrenaline. Oh my God, it's something else. <laughs> that that reminded me of something as Louis is talking about the adrenaline, because one of the things that Bruce Lipton talks about in his book, um, he says that one of the ways that we can tell whether our um, our conscious thoughts are in line with our subconscious thoughts. It's based on what our body is doing. Mm. So you could be saying, I'm not afraid, but your heart is racing and, and your <laughs> that pupils are dilated. And it's similarly like with, you know, with, as far as this pandemic is concerned, there are people who might be, you know, saying consciously, yes, I, I'm not, I'm, I'll be okay. It's, it's not a death sentence. And, but there might be some subconscious thoughts at the back of their mind that, you know, viruses are deadly. And then there was the flu um, pandemic of 1918 and all this stuff just running around in, in their uh, mind. But what happened, one of the things that you can use to, um, to counter that is when you practice gratitude, right? So gratitude in, in practice is, is saying something positive, but also making sure to feel positive. Mm -hmm. So that way you're connecting the mind with the body, you're connecting the conscious and the subconscious when you, um, when you add the emotion part of it, because that is what is actually more powerful than just um, giving utterance to the words. But if you can actually feel it in your body, then you know that it's actually sinking deeper into the, the, the subconscious or the, uh, the programming or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> in, in LOA language, we say the universal law of attraction reacts to what you mean, not what you say. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's absolutely true. By the way, Josephine also had a, a second question, more of a topic question than a question asking for advice, uh, following, on, following up on what she said. And it, it kind of points out that there is the other way of looking at things. We were just talking about the, uh, well, actually, we were just talking about these great stories about snakes and so forth. But before that, <laughs> we were talking about um, incrementalism, in, in, incrementally moving up the scale and so forth. Mm -hmm. But there is another uh, school of thought on this, and that is to literally uh, put yourself into that place that you're not currently in and try to imagine and try to believe it. Um, mm -hmm. She, <clears throat> excuse me, she listed Neville Goddard, she called it a Neville-like mentality. Uh, she asked, what would it be like if you were healthy already? And if you're in a, a, a state of unhealth or disease, or you know, maybe you're really very, maybe you're one of those few people who actually do have the disease so far. Um, you know, that, that's a long way away from, from where you are. Whereas mm -hmm. I feel very healthy. So for me, healthy is like, well, right here. <laughs> I don't have to even reach for it, you know, but nevertheless, there is that, that school of thought that says, well, if you can imagine it, you can make it real no matter how far away it is. So yes. I want to ask you guys about that. I mean, Louis, you talk very eloquently about, you know, how just one step on the scale is so important, but how far up the scale can a person reach? Well, how far up a scale can a person reach? I don't think there's any limit to where you can go. That's not really the question. I think, I think the question you're kind of asking, correct me if I'm wrong, is can you go from sad to happy like that? The speed, I think that's maybe what you're asking. It's certainly part of it, yeah. Mm. I think I was leaving so, it broad to see where you want to go. I mean, you know, it's really, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you options. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you remember I brought on, on Liz uh, on, onto the uh, podcast um, in yes. the beginning, and she talked about her quantum leap. Now, 
she didn't do it justice as far as I'm concerned. I could tell her story. Um, because <laughs> she, <laughs> she did try very hard. She was, no, she was no, very- no, no, no. She was just being very careful because there is a lot of stigma and all, all the there rest is. of it related to, to, um, you know, being, being enforced to go to a mental hospital, et cetera, because of her situation. So, mm. Um, you know, and, and you start learning that you get judged by the government and the existing structure a lot in many different ways. Um, you might even give people, a lot of people may not remember that interview. You might just give like a quick scenario, of, you know, summary of what well, happened. Well, she, she went to America to an energy conference. She got completely high. She got connected with Source and completely tripped out, you know, um, she was running around naked um, in the oh. garden and um, going around and telling people what they want and what they don't want and what's <laughs> going to happen to them, uh, etc. So, you know, um, it, it wasn't funny for her or her family, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it was really tough, but she went from a certain level of vibration to a much higher one in a very short period of time. And there were drastic consequences. Mm-hmm. So yes, Josephine, you can, have the jumps quickly. Um, but as I was mentioning last week, which was a very important thing is the little incremental steps should be the celebrated ones. The big ones from rags to riches and heartbeat, you know, is not necessarily the ones we should be focusing on because each of us are going little step by step all the time. And, you know, to me, I personally want to praise those little steps and everybody all the time. Absolutely. That is what I'm looking for. <clears throat> and yes, you can have a quantum leap and I've got no problem with it. There just may be some consequences to it um, that you, you, you will have to deal with, but it's, it's you, you might get away scot-free, you know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Everybody's experience is going to be different along that line. I, I think the, uh, the, the takeaway I, I take from it is that you're going to get a lot more, like you just said, you're going to get a lot more of the small incremental steps those are the ones to celebrate because there's so many more of them to celebrate. So we have lots of reasons to be appreciative throughout our day. Oh, well, this worked and that was great. And this was fabulous. And all these little things that just kept getting better and better and better. That's, Mm. that's going to have a a very strong cumulative effect just by focusing on them, just by getting, and then then you get into the resonant uh, frequency, which just starts exploding it. So, you know, the law of attraction is now not, releasing resistance it's now gaining um momentum on the downslope you know it's mm-hmm. now it's now really heading and amplifying on what you want and you, you're not spending all your time getting rid of the resistance now you're now really accumulating more of what you want because of the law of attraction and um, you start really flying absolutely achieving incredible goals and and um so let's, yeah. so let's take this interesting discussion we've been having and apply it to the original topic. The original topic is staying healthy, staying well. Um, and I, I perhaps might even broaden it because there are going to be people who are, <laughs> believe it or not, there are actually people who have illnesses other than coronavirus. It's a hard <laughs> thing to believe, but, <laughs> <I know. laughs> but it's really true, you know. And, uh, you know, so, so sorry for them trying to get into the, the health system at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, there is that too. <laughs> but, you know, if, if somebody is in a state of dis-ease, one of the things they want to know is how, well, I, I understand I'm a conscious creator. I, I am pr- trying to practice this stuff. What steps can I take to get into that health and well-being mindset, that, that mindset that Neville Goddard calls assuming that feeling of 
the wish fulfilled in this case, the feeling of being healthy and feeling well and so forth. As many a guru has said, fake it until you make it. Fake it until you make it, yeah. <laughs> and I yeah, never understood when... that in the beginning. I said, fake? I don't want to be fake. I want to be spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> you know what What happens is when you when you do get into that place of the imagination, it's kind of like I was saying when you – when you have the thought consciously, but then you incorporate the emotions, then now it's part of your body. You're now feeling it. And as Candace Perth used to say, you're now sending signals to every single cell in your body. And your mm-hmm. cells respond to those signals, to that different energy level. And so every time you go there, even if it's just in your imagination, you are now sending a different energy signal to your cells that is going to be um, more conducive to to health and, and, and life-giving and longevity. So, you know, anything that you can do to, to interrupt the, the message of disease and death is going to be beneficial. And like Louis was saying, the, the little increments is what, um, you know, it, can, it starts it off and eventually, hopefully, those will get... Um, you know, become longer and longer sessions until finally that you are actually in that place. And so, you know, there are things we can do and we know how the, the mind is, of course, the most powerful because, you know, our thoughts are, are what bring us health. But in a, along with that, as we are making our minds stronger, there are things that we can do that, you know, like we mentioned before, um, you know, incorporating the, the breathing, um, exercise, your diet, making sure you get sleep so that your, your, your body is in a better place to help you get to that eventual place of, of optimal health. Right. Yeah. One of the things that uh, Cindy Chavez, who does the Wednesday show with me, likes to talk about is being beneath the curve because mm-hmm. we have this expectation if you were to kind of draw a graph of where things are going to go as we're trying to be deliberate creators, that there's like this straight line, you know, 45-degree angle a growth curve that we're going to be on, but the actual curve is like this flat, 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 <laughs> flat. Then finally you start to get an upward curve until it becomes hyperbolic, you know, right. and, and that's what the usual experience is, which means most of the time you're not coming close to hitting your goal. You're not, it doesn't feel like you're making any progress. It's where we tend to give up the easiest. Um, yeah. I, I think that's kind of an argument in favor of uh, what Louis was saying about uh, the incremental approach, you know, basically appreciating every little thing that happens. It helps you get through that, that pattern, but it can be particularly tough if you are not well, if you're feeling disease to feel like you're making progress. Cause yes. a lot of the time it can feel like you're not making progress even when you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you know, you have to remember it's, it's, um, you know, and I go back to the, the programming, like the, the neurons, um, the video keeps pausing. Is it my internet? Or yeah. You just paused on that one. I'm not Everything's sure. smooth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, so in your, in your brain, you have these neurons that are connected, you know, and you, those are the, the programs that you want to, to disengage. And that's going to, you know, as you run new programs, those others, the old programs are going to get weaker. And, you know, some, some neuroscientists talk about it as a, as a groove down the hill, like water runs, you know, and every time you pour water, it's going to run there. And if you want to make a new groove, for the water to run, it's going to be 
not as deep and it's going to be slower and it's going to take a while for the water to make a new groove down the hill that's going to be the new path or the new program that you're going to run. And eventually as that becomes the main path, the main program that you're running, the old grooves, the old programming, the old neuronal connections are going to die and the new one is going to predominate. So mm. that's how I like to think about it. Yeah, you, you, I like, I like that analogy color. as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, Abram uses the pipes. So if you've got pipes that are that are clogged and got a lot of grit and grime and dirt in them, um, spending time chipping out all those grip, gr- you know, all that grime, etc., or laying new pipes, which one is easier? Right, mm. laying new ones definitely. Yeah. Laying new pipes, using them, and the old ones will just rust and disappear and vanish. Absolutely. So that is um, my, my one thing I wanted to mention to anybody who may know somebody who's got coronavirus who is listening to this and has got it, and he's coughing a lot. So from a Jinshin Jitsu perspective, you take your arms and you hold them here, so between the shoulder and the elbow. No, lower, lower, lower. You aren't. Uh, yeah, there. So you hold it there. Um, and you can maybe dig in a little bit. You'll find it a little bit tender there, but it will help stop coughing. Hmm. All right. And it's <laughs> extremely effective. My eight-year-old dad wandering around the hospital used to be telling everybody, you know, who was coughing, hold us, hold us. It's very good <laughs> and if anybody didn't believe in all this stuff, it was my dad. Okay. Ah. So um, it really works pretty so much for anybody. So explain to anywhere. us again. I'm not, I'm not sure. So, so you, you take to... the right hand and you put it there. Uh-huh. Yeah, and oh, you take the okay. left hand and you put it there. And it's yes. a little bit digging in there. When it's oh, a little bit tender, halfway between the elbow and the shoulder. And you, and you press into it? No, no. You can just hold just, it gently, hold lovingly. It. Okay. Okay. Um, so hug yourself. They call it the hug. I see. Just hug yourself like that, but it'll help coughing. Mm. And I really wanted to get that out there for everybody. It's really powerful. That's okay. very good. Hey, I want to remind somebody, you know, somebody, I want to remind everybody of something else too. And that is if you're not yet subscribing to the podcast, we want you to do that because this is the kind of program you get every single day. So become a subscriber, go to the homepage of our website, loatoday.net. And at the top of the page, you will find instructions on how to subscribe in usually one or two clicks. And also check us out on YouTube. You can do a search for LOA Today podcast videos. We'll pop right up there. Just click the subscribe button. And if you click the little bell next to it, you'll get notified every single time that we're live or every time that we post a video or both really, actually, you'll get notified for everything. So, you know, subscribe and and share the fact that you're subscribing. And and for those many, many hundreds of you who are already subscribed, thank you very much. We really love the fact that you're part of our community here. Um, If any of you are currently dealing with an illness, maybe there, I mean, statistically, it's possible that maybe one or two of our listeners um, have been infected with it. You know, use some of the techniques we've talked about here because these are very effective. The, um, many of them are backed by medical science. A lot of them are just backed by pure experience. And if you have any doubt about it, just, you know, check us out on YouTube and, and look at Louis. That'll give you a really good clue that this will work. <laughs> he's an example of it, you know? So, yeah. I think so, he's airbrushed. Bush, not I'd love to know how to airbrush with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll give you a little time to work that one out. I think. <laughs> hey, you figured out how to get the moving video background. I mean, you, yeah, you're, you're way ahead of us on that one. You know, so you just you just got to get you know the airbrush tool in there. That's all. <laughs> Deal with the hair issue. I like the way it, it makes it look like I don't have any gray hair. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. 
Mm. Well, now you're going to convince a whole bunch of people to go out and get themselves green screens so they can get rid of their, their green screens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll work with you, Walt, sorry. I don't think so. <laughs> Notice uh, I didn't say me. I just said other people. <laughs> no, actually, I'm I'm very hopeful. Uh, you, you give me inspiration just because of, of um, how you've been able to essentially recover your youth. I mean, clearly mm. bluntly, that's what you've been able to do. I figure, well, if Louie can do it, then I got a good shot at being able to do it, too. So... You know, enjoy this white hair while I've got it because it's not going to last this way. It's going to be darker. Yeah. Well, it's not going to disappear. That's the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. It looks very distinguished. Well, thank you. Yeah. Louise keeps telling me she'd be disappointed if if my hair turned dark, but you know, that's one of us. (laughs) (laughs) She'll get over it. (laughs) She'll get over it. Yeah, that's true. Or not. <laughs> okay, so you get one one last thing to tell people. What's the one thought you want to leave with them about how to stay well and be well? I'm going to go to Yuona first. What's the one thought? Yes, as I was preparing for the talk, um, the podcast today, it, I thought about something that my husband and I started doing last night. We actually watched a stand-up comedy routine on Netflix, and I thought about how good laughter is mm. for your health for your immune system. Remember um, Norman Cousins, I think his name was, who healed himself of cancer by laughing, getting lots of laughter every day. And so that is something that, um, you know, you can try to incorporate. You know, there's so much bad news and all the other stuff going on uh, in the the world that, you know, can spend some time just laughing. And I would recommend um, Robin Williams. (laughs) Uh, When was live in... uh, what was that? His routine, but I forgot. Well, he 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 appeared in New York at uh, the Met. I know that was one of his things. He also was right. On, I think it's studio. Yeah, Madison Square Garden or the Met or someone. That yeah. that was one of the best. I mean, that is just so hilarious. It'll definitely put you in a better mood and and give a boost to your immune system and your health and you make you feel better all at once. So yeah, there. <laughs> Interesting side story about his appearance at the Met. His um, producer, who was helping him put on that show, uh, once told the story that they had worked leading up to the program to get all his material right so that, you know, he could have a nice smooth show and so forth. And then he actually did the show and was amazed to discover after the fact that 20% of the show was brand new. He'd never heard it before. Mm. <laughs> That's the kind of performer Robin was. He could just oh, yes. pick it up as he was going he along. Was just very spontaneous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Laughter and, and humor is really great. Louis, what's what's the thought you want to leave people with? Uh, talking about movies, I thought I would bring up a movie I watched recently. It's a Disney movie. Um, <laughs> Somebody um, has. It's brand new. <laughs> it's brand new. <laughs> um, I don't even know how you'll get a copy. Um, it's not <laughs> the easiest one to get a copy, but if, if and when it does come out, remember this one. Um, I think it's so relevant to the time we're in. And it's called Star Girl. Star Girl, okay. Star Girl, okay. and it's got Grace Fondeval in it. And I don't know if you know who she is, but she's a incredible singer who's won America's Got Talent or something. Okay. Um, and uh, she is, I believe, a light for this planet, and um, it shines in that movie. I think it's beautiful. She really okay. does that role well. Star Girl, beautifully, beautifully done. Yeah. Well, look out. I'm, I'm always on the lookout for a good film that that picks me up, and there aren't many of them out there. So to hear that there's one that I haven't seen, I'm looking forward to it. This is good. <laughs> so thank you very much. All right, good stuff. 
Well, hopefully our listeners took some good things away from that. Thank you guys very much. Thank you, live streamers as well. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye.